Hello, hello, and welcome to another very special episode of Switch 12 Podcast. Brian and Ryan are back and on the road again. We're back in the mobile studio. In the in the, in the roving Switch 12 studio. Uh, we are on our way to a Milwaukee Brewers baseball game Woo! at Miller Park. Game number two. Game number two for of the season. Brewers. Not for us. I wish it was game number two for us. That would be great, yeah. If we could just keep going to all of the games. All 81. I would not go to all 162. Yeah, that'd be a lot driving. If I had the time, if I was retired and I had the money... Oh yeah, God. I, I mean, I'd go to a bunch, but I don't know. I don't know if I could do 162 games. I couldn't do 81. I think every day going to the park. I mean, I I don't I don't envy as much as I want to be a sportscaster and an announcer. Yeah. I don't envy them having to go to 162 games. Yeah. I mean, that's, no. it's a lot of work. It'd be rough. I mean, it's I, fun work, but yeah. it'd still be a lot of work, and you would get sick. If you weren't a huge fan, yeah, you you really need to enjoy your baseball. And that's why we have Bob Euchre. Sometimes, yeah, after 162 games, I get burned out a little bit. You know, and you're just like, oh, I can't wait for it to be it. And maybe that's because the Brewers have rarely been good. They were good uh, last. Year. They were good last year until they had a Wisconsin-sized collapse in the second half. Oh boy, was that awful! And I don't mean Wisconsin isn't the Badgers for the Final Four. I just mean in true Wisconsin sports fashion. Yeah, we tend, it's, it's tend really, to have a second the, half slump. That is the last five years. Ever since the Packers Super Bowl. That's kind of how it's been. You know, we have a great run, and we just can't make it through the postseason. So hopefully we can uh, turn that all around uh, in, the, in the coming years here for these all these wonderful sports teams. Scrappy, scrappy young men. Exactly. So if you haven't guessed it by now, we're doing baseball. We're doing baseball movies. We're talking baseball. We love baseball. Or softball. No, we're talking baseball. From Maine to San Diego. Yeah, we're not doing that. Madden Lee and Canseco. <laughs> Wait for your refrain. You're not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not, ah, not going to do it. I come on, do Simpsons. It. I know. I, I get that. But I'm not. Still oh, not doing fine. It. So, um, we got 12 movies. We're coming at you here with those. Coming to yeah. Coming to yeah. This one, let's go. We got 12. We got 12, 12 good baseball movies. Yeah, these are. Oh, yeah. Every we time had, they're on, you got to watch them. We had a good list. And, oh, I didn't know we had that off of our list. What? 61. I like that movie. I've never seen it. You, oh, that's right. That's why you didn't have it on the list. That's what I didn't have it on the list. That's a really good movie. That was a. It was, a good, it was an HBO movie that Billy Crystal yep. was a part of. Yep. About the the chase for 61, 61 home runs during the season with Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle. 61 asterisk. Yeah. Which they should make a new Barry Bonds movie and call it 70 asterisk or 73 asterisk, whatever he has. Yeah, see, that's the thing. The home run record has been broken, but I'm not sure what the number is. Mm-hmm. Because you just you, you just didn't want to follow it because it's just it's tainted. I think we since Barry Bonds hit his 70, we haven't had a 60 home run season. I don't think we've had a... F- have we had a 50? Uh, Batista. Jose Batista. 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 Okay, Chris Davis. I don't know if Davis hit 50. Yeah. I know, I know Batista hit... Batista, like the wrestler. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Jose Batista hit 53 or 55, I think, one okay. year, oh, years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, the, the big thing was, oh, he's on the steroids now, too, because sure. it was so out of left field. I think in the first base, it was so out of left field that he hit this home run power. But ah, it doesn't matter. It is what it is. Uh, Prince Mueller had 50, didn't he? He may have, yeah. Yeah, you're the right. Last year's right. with the Brewers. Yeah. And then we said Sayonara, Prince. And which is good because he's not worth his contract. No. Anyway. No, he's enough. really not. Anyway. It's enough of the social yeah. commentary of Milwaukee we're, Brewers we're, baseball. We're getting into a real big baseball podcast. You'll have to join us for our next podcast, Brewcast. Yeah, we're, we're just talking about the salary cap. We're talking about beer and brewers. Beer and not, brewers, and not yeah. always Milwaukee. That'd be great. Yeah. Anyway, we can talk about brewers while drinking beers. What do you say we're going to call it? Sudscast? Sudscast? Yeah, uh, oh, I forget what we called it. Um, Brewcast. Brewcast is what I just called it, but it had more of a had more of an alliteration to it. No matter. Point is, eventually we might maybe do something. Probably not, but yeah, most likely definitely not unless somebody really wants it. One of our crazy fans wants some beer cast. Yeah, exactly. So um, we'll jump into it without without further ado into, uh, into our number twelve, which is a fairly recent movie, Benchwarmers. It is a recent movie. Well, eight years ish. That long? Yeah. Because oh. that was coming off of the height of Bill Hader. Not Bill Hader. Hader. John, 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 John Hader. John Hader. Yeah. Bill Hader's the good guy. Yeah, John Hader's the guy that you don't really Rob talk Schneider about. Rob Schneider and... Uh, David Spade. It was an Adam Sandler produced movie. Basically, it's... Uh, these three guys are friends now outside of high school. Um, and there's a kid that they see getting beat up who is the son of John Lovitz. And they challenge this... Is, it, is Craig Kilborn in the movie? Isn't it his yeah. son's team? Yeah, he, it's he, like one of his He doesn't make the team. little league yeah. team, so they put together a ragtag team right. to try to right. 
to try to defeat him to get the part. Well, the, the, t- the team, well, yeah, the, the, the story revolves around Rob Schneider being this really good, like, baseball player, but he doesn't want to do it anymore because he... Well, he was a jock. He, 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 he was a he mean jock. a lot of people, yeah. and he didn't want to do that. And so... Oh, it's a Jaguar. Yeah, he was a, he was the mean jock who's now converted because he's older. Yeah, and so, but now that he's older, he still wants to just fun and root for, like, the little guy. So him, David Spade, and John Heater are... You know, they're, they're, three of them are challenging, you know, groups of nine, you know, baseball players to little leaguers to, you know... Yeah, it's the three of basically them... Basically gets breaking rights and gets their yeah, own Basically, it's the three of them versus uh, a whole other team. Right. And, and, and basically, I guess John Lovitz is their coach. More, he's more of their, their bankroller. Yeah. I mean, he's it's, the owner. It's, it's a good movie. It's hard to describe because it is an Adam Sandler movie, so there's a lot of wacky angles to it. Wacky and... Potty humor and attached this, to it. This movie would probably be in the top six if it hadn't been for the last, boy, 30 to 40% of the movie. It took a really weird turn. Oh, yeah. yeah at the end with, like, the peanut butter fortress uh-huh. and, and everybody twisting their I nipples. don't know if it'd be top six, but it would be, it would be higher than I 12. Mean, it would be... It, it was a... The first... God, the first half, the first 60%. What a fantastic it was, movie. It was a... It was it, funny. It was original. Yeah, it wasn't a standard... Fresh. It wasn't your standard Adam no. Sandler comedy. It had the no. moments in it, but yeah. it wasn't... But then at the end, it just... It ruined it with... I don't know if it's lazy writing or, or what it was, but it got so weird and goofy in the end, and you just... You, you hate to see it happen to mm-hmm. It's such a good movie in the beginning. Yeah. You know, it kind of went the way of Hancock. Well, you had a really good yeah. beginning, and it's just... You, you look at yeah. the second half, you're I mean, like, what it, the hell happened? It's funny, now that you say that, I would give Bench Warmers probably a 6 out of a 10 mm-hmm. on the scale, because, like... Hancock and Wolverine. Half the movie is good, gives you a five. Right. Or half the movie's great and half the movie's terrible, gives you a five. Right. This was about sixty percent of a movie was good. Yeah. And the other forty percent was atrocious. Yeah. Yeah, it really it really drug it down, which is really sad. But that first part, my brother my younger brother loves this movie. That first part, when you're getting introduced to the characters and you know they're playing the baseball for the first time, learning how to play, and David Spade's wide's correct wisecracks. Oh, you better put a fielder up in those mountains. Like and he doesn't even hit the ball. It's just it's so funny. It works so well, and then the writing comes in at the end, and you don't really yeah. understand what happened. How old is Dan? Dan? Uh, he's twenty. He was born in eighty-eight, so he's twenty. Just younger than I am. Okay. Yeah. I was just trying to figure out because you said that he liked it. I was trying to figure out what his age was. And well, yeah, when it came out eight years ago, mine. he would have been you know eighteen years old. Yeah. So I mean, he loved it, and I I think it's hysterical too. Okay. So that's I do too. I'm yeah. just I was just trying to figure out. I knew he was younger than I. I didn't sure. know okay. how much younger. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah, that 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 kind of starts our list off. Yeah. It's mediocre, but and, and again, we took a list where we hadn't, we didn't, where the movies we didn't see, we didn't put on here. There is one exception because I watched probably 30 percent of it before we started the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, we so like movies like The Natural aren't going to be on the list, which are, in my opinion, way superior movies. But Brian hadn't seen it, and it's not going to be fun for him to talk for me to talk about it and put it so high. Um, Sixty one, we just talked about forty two. A lot of numbers. <laughs> Mr. 3000. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to be on the list because... The Rookie didn't make it either, but... Oh, yeah, that was another good movie. What was the one that just came out with uh, John Hammond? John Ham. Yeah, that was a Disney movie. Another Disney movie, like The Rookie. I don't know. Rookie's Kevin Costner, too, isn't it? No, Rookie is uh, uh, some old guy. Some old guy. Dennis, David, Daryl, damn it. I don't know. I'll have to look That's that right. up now. I'll, you, uh, you, you go with that. I'll do number 11. I'll start yeah. with number 11. Speaking of Disney movies, yeah. this was the first of the good Disney movies. Uh, this one I grew up with. I was... Uh, Dennis Quaid. came out. Dennis Quaid. Okay. Uh, Dennis That's Quaid. close. That's close to Kevin Costner. Yeah. Um, Angels in the Outfield, which is... Is it... Verify. Is it the actoral debut of Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Have a look. Um, who plays the main character? Uh, he and his friend PJ. Live JP. JP is it? Yeah, JP. Like so. They live in a foster home, and they're huge baseball fans. And his father left and said he'd come back and hasn't come back yet. Right. And the Angels aren't a very good team. So this is the California Angels. I mean, they were the California Angels. Um, no, it is not his acting. Oh, it's a movie debut. It's a movie debut. Uh, I did say actoral debut. Yeah. Definitely not his actoral it's not movie. No, it's not. Role. Yeah, he was in Daniel Steele's This change. might be his first leading role. Maybe. Because Beethoven, he was student number one. Yeah, young Norman. Yeah, that's not it. 
Gregory K. Switching parents. So anyway, he uh, basically doesn't. Does his father says he's come back when the angels won the pennant? Right. And so he. So uh, what's the character's name? Roger. Roger. Uh, wishes, I guess, on a shooting star. He prays. He prays on the shooting star that the that the angels win a pennant, so his dad will come back. Right. And down comes Doc Brown from the skies. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Lloyd. Uh, who's an angel? Who uh, just called him Al because he picks up a hat that has AL on it for the American League, right? Which I didn't get at the time when I was young, you know, six years old. Just, <laughs> he just picked somebody's name. It's funny. <laughs> no, he picked Al, uh, and so he's going to send angels to help. Now they're not going to necessarily make it so that they'll win every game, but they will assist, right, in certain ways because they can't change necessarily the outcome of the game, but they will give a boost when necessary, right? And he, uh, Roger's the only one who can see them. Uh, his friend, you know, JP thinks he's crazy, right? But eventually, kind of gets on board with it, right? Um, and Danny Glover thinks he's crazy, but he, he manages to meet Danny Glover and tells him about the, the manager. But then he, he finds out that the kid is right, so he enlists him. Hey, why don't we try out this crazy experiment? Because you know what? What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, fall out of last place. So he gets uh, so he gets some like down next to the bullpen and you know, front row seats. Yep. And he basically has a, a signal when angels are around. Yeah, and then he tells them what player to play or what pitch runner or pitcher. Yeah, who who has their gar- basically who has their guardian angel with them? Right. And. Before we get any further, this was an all-star cast for 94. Yes, it was. Danny Glover, Adrian Brody, Matthew McConaughey, yep. Tony Danza, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, J.O. Sanders, Christopher Lloyd, uh, who else? J.O. Sanders. J.O. Sanders. I don't know who that is. Taylor Negron. J.O. Sanders is, uh, he was Ranch Wilder. Yeah. yeah. You, you, he's a, he's yeah. got a famous face. Oh, yeah. Neil McDonough. Yeah. Neil McDonough. Yeah. 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 Tony Longo. Wait, not that guy. Taylor ne- Negron, that guy. Yeah, Taylor Negron. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a huge cast. I yeah. mean, this was, was this one of Adrian Bodie's first movies. It was one of Matthew McConaughey's first movies. Right. So, anyway, I don't want to give away the whole movie if you haven't seen it. I mean, 20, 21 years old, you should go see it if you haven't. Um, but yeah, he basically, the team becomes inspired thinking that there's angels on their side, which they are helping, but then there are times where the angels aren't helping, and they're just playing that much better because they have hope and determination that right. angels are helping them. And they so learn really to play nice. as a team through yeah. angels and whatnot. So, it's a really fun movie. It's um, a great kids movie. Yeah, it really is. It's it's one that, you know, it is really cheesy. It is 90s Disney. Right. But it is it is still a very enjoyable movie uh, to watch every now and then. Yes, um, it is. It's not, not, not a yearly movie, I don't think. Well, some of these movies I could watch yearly. That one, put it on the shelf. You know, yeah. Put it, put, uh, bring, in, bring in the bullpen for that one. Yeah, that's a good one. So, uh, number 10. Number 10 again. Number 10, making its list in our sports, or making its spot in our sports list. Uh, it's basketball. Woo! Yeah, not quite basketball, not quite baseball. Coming in at number 10 with such funny moments and lines and everything. We talked about yeah. it in the last podcast. Yeah, we're, we're not going to we're not gonna go through it again in, 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 in major detail. But right. essentially, uh, Trey Parker, Matt Stone, uh, their characters are up on hard times. They're going to be evicted from their place and they have to pay some bills. And they invent a game to try to pay their bills right. called Basketball. Where it's a combination of horse and basketball. basketball and baseball, so there's, there's different spots on the court that you shoot from that give you a base or a, you know a double. It's hit, hit, double, triple, home run, and if you miss it, 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 it counts as an out. And, and they, 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 tip it, they tip it as an out, so they kind of make up these tip rules. Plays. And I, 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 I think, I think because of the movie, there's like just rec, rec leagues that play basketball. I, yeah, I know that when we were in lacrosse, there was they tried to put one together. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it went anywhere, but I, I played it with my friends uh, right out of high school. We tried it once, and it's fun. It is fun. You need you need a good team. You need about you need to have four people. You, you need some shooters. Yeah, yeah. You need four people, and I mean, it's all trash talking is legal, but you still can't you can't touch the person, or right. you can't you can't swat the ball away or block it. It's just, right. it's like horse. You, but, but you can taunt while doing it. Yeah, you can taunt and you can you, you know, can't touch the tippet. The tippets are huge because that's an out. So, you know, if you can't shoot, you're going to have no, a tippet. I thought the tippet was the double play if there was a guy on base. Isn't that, isn't that what it was? You know, I don't know. We'd have, we'd have right. to watch the movie again, exactly. again, again, or just or just get the uh, just get the list. And I think I mean if yeah. we can get like four or five people together, that'd be awesome. Eight people, you know, oh, it'd be fantastic. We should see if there's a traveling baseball league. Yeah, we should. That'd be really fun. Because I'm I'm good at horse. Yeah, you know? I mean it's for people who aren't good at basketball. Yeah, like, they can shoot the ball. Like we can shoot, but we're not just good at it, like running or setting picks or running plays or anything. Yeah, like that. that's, we can that's shoot the ball. That's the whole premise of, yeah. of the movie. They, they yeah. suck at basketball, but they can shoot. Yeah. So, so yeah. So anyway, 
Number nine. Number nine. Going back, uh, going back again to our childhood. Yes, yes, all the way back to our childhood. Number nine is Rookie of the Year. And this one gets downgraded for a couple reasons. Yes. Uh, one, it doesn't necessarily hold up as well through the test of time. No, it doesn't really. Number two, it's about the Cubs. <laughs> Being a lifelong Brewers fan, I have to hate everything Cubs related. Yes. Even even when they're doing poorly, I still have to hate them because they will find a way to beat us. Yeah. This is uh, with Gary Busey and Dan Aida coming in. Dan Hedaya. Dan Hedaya, yeah. <laughs> Daniel Stern, that's right. He was the he was the, uh, he was like the comic relief. Was he, he was the coach, right? He was like one of the pitching. He was the pitching coach. Yeah. The crazy with the big, the big, the big thing of chewing his mouth. Oh, and Daniel Stern directed the movie, too. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. I didn't know that. That's pretty funny. Basically, he's uh, this guy's a Cubs fan. And he's a little kid. He plays in Little League. He's not very good. He's okay. He's, he's, yeah, he's just okay. But he uh, he gets into an a- he trips on a ball and gets into an accident and breaks his arm. Yep. Once his arm gets out of the sling, it magically gains the power of a 102-mile-an-hour fastball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so then he uh, pitches for the Cubs because he throws the ball from... He, he, was at, he was at Wrigley, and if you know the traditions of Wrigley Field, when you hit a home run, if the opposing team hits a home run, you are to throw the ball back onto the field. Right. So he gets it and throws it and gets ready to throw it. His arm gets cocked like a, like a gun, yeah. and then it shoots out of his hand, and it goes straight to... The catch. The catcher, yeah, yeah. So it went straight to the catcher, and so that's a, that's a everyone's like, "What the throw. hell?" Yeah. Which is which is pretty ridiculous. So he so he joins the team, yeah, as you know, the youngest major leaguer, and it's it's a good it's a good funny movie. Um, it deals a lot with like we'll get to the next movie on the list too because they are very yeah. similar in their subplots, right? As far as knowing what's important in life, and growing up yeah. with those, with like an adult job. As a kid, yeah, you know, kind of thing. He, I mean, uh, this one I'm going to spoil because whatever. He loses his power at the end of the movie <laughs> and ends up throwing Ephus pitches to win the game. Yeah, he just under he like lobs it, just throws up. Because his mom, he looks at his softball. mom in the crowd yeah. and just he breathes. Well, and it finds out like his mom is like because she was always told like his dad was this great baseball player. Yeah, but his dad like ran on and it wasn't his dad was that his was mom. this great baseball player. It was his mom that was this great baseball. player. And I think I think was she would have been too year or young to play in the women league. Yeah, but yeah. she was a good, probably a good college good player. Softball player, yeah. yeah. So that's where she got. That's where he got his his baseball mentality yeah. from. It's a good movie. It, it, I think it's a wholesome, a better movie. It's a fun, yeah, it's a fun movie. It's definitely a kids movie. And Daniel Stern always does have the good one liners. Of course, oh, he man. he just he just act a fool in that whole movie. He's so funny. He was coming hot off of uh, Home Alone. Bushwhacked. Bush, uh, was Bushwhacked after Rookie so. of the Year or before so. Rookie of the Year? I, I know so. that uh, Celtic Crime was after, and that wasn't as good. <laughs> Um, while he's looking that up, uh, I'm going to scoot on to... Where's where I go? 1995. So it was after. Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. So, yeah. Now we're going to do uh, number I'm going to go to number eight. eight. Number eight. This one, again, because I mean, we've got a string of kids movies here. This one is better. Uh, it's Little Big League. Yeah. Little Big League is... Um, another another much pretty another pretty solid all-star cast in this movie. Um, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. He plays Danny in uh, West Wing and like sports. Okay. He's in... He's in Edwards? No, 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 no. Um, that, the guy who plays the player. Oh, that guy. He's in all the Aaron Sorkin shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oops, that's I'm the trying to think of his name. Uh, Timothy, Timothy Busfield. Bus, thank you. Timothy, Timothy Bushfield. Luke Edwards plays uh, Billy, who's Billy the main Haywood, character. Yeah, kid. He's been in some stuff recently, Billy I noticed. Haywood? Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, not Billy, but Luke. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, he's, uh, he's a very smart middle school kid. Very, oh, Dennis Farina's in this movie. Yeah, he plays the, the manager. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he, uh, the kid, uh, Billy, uh, very smart, very high baseball acumen, Jeff Garland. Jeff Garland, oh, well. Uh, he's, uh, his, his grandpa is the owner of the Minnesota Twins. Yep. And he goes to all the games. He's friends with the players and the staff. And everybody loves this kid. Everybody loves he, the kid. He, everybody he, loves the owner. He's a really he good grandpa. Owner. I think his dad, I think this is another one where he doesn't have a dad. He doesn't. So it's him and his mom. And so his grandpa kind of takes him in and, and fills that father figure role. And he just eats, sleeps, drinks, oh my God. baseball. What? It's from Mad Men. Vincent. Oh. Vincent. He must be the other the other friend, the other kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so he's very big into this. And he's going to go to a game. And his, father, his grandpa dies. Right. Or a heart attack or stroke or something. Uh, but he, uh, in the will, he bequeaths the team to, to Billy. Yeah. So Billy becomes the owner of the Twins. Yep. And then he fires the manager because he doesn't think the manager is doing a very good job. So he comes in with his incredible baseball knowledge. And tries to become the manager. And tries to become the manager and does a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. It takes a while for the players to get 
being, you know, used to him in the role, and he gets help from uh, the other, uh, not Timothy, he gets help from Timothy Busfield's character. Right. Because right. uh, he, he, uh, that guy and his mom kind of have a thing. Kind of have a thing, yeah. They had a thing, and I think they broke it off, and now it's back on. Right. So. And this is another one where he kind of falls out with his friends a little bit. Yeah, he forgets, he forgets about, friends. yeah, because he's so caught up in the world of being a baseball manager. Yeah. And so he kind of ignores them and forgets about them and breaks off plans. The same thing that kind of happened in our previous movie, Rookie of the Year. Yeah. I think this one handles it better, though. Yes. I think it's overall a better movie. It's more serious. It's still funny. It's still a kids' movie. Right. But it is a more serious movie. And we were discussing uh, off air. Uh, the reason that we like this one is because it's what we envisioned us wanting to do. Yeah. I right didn't, now. I, I didn't want to be a major league pitcher, even though I was playing baseball. I didn't want to be a pitcher, but I always kind of wanted to be a front office guy. Right. And and to see this movie and, and watch the kid do it when he's you know 12, 13, I want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what? Why can't I? Yeah. For for me, I loved Rookie of the Year. I thought that was the better movie as a kid. But looking back on it now, Little Big League is the better movie overall of the two overall as an adult because it's just I like the managerial aspect of it mm-hmm. better. And I'm gonna do a quick rundown of all the cameo appearances from, from baseball major players. league baseball players. Ready? Coaches. Ken Griffey Jr. Yes. Lou Pinella. Both Mariners. Yep. Mickey Tendleton. I don't know what he was at the time. Ivan Rodriguez. Tigers? Uh, I don't know. Mickey Tendleton probably was Tigers. Rodriguez is Texan. Texas Rangers. Sandy Alomar is Texas. Sandy Alomar Jr., Eric Anthony, Carlos Baerga, mm. Alex Fernandez, Carlos Baguera. Randy Johnson, Wally Joyner, Dave Megadan, Lenny Webster, Paul O'Neill, Rafael Palmero, Dean Palmer, Tim Raines, and Chris Berman cameo as himself, not as a baseball player. So the other fun thing was to, to look at all the famous baseball players that they had in this movie uh, at the time being a kid, which was which was another yeah. fun part. Oh yeah, of it. that's like and uh, that was the same thing with Rookie of the Year when he was striking out all these players. They weren't really in the movie, but they weren't real players. Well, yeah, he struck out Kicker Jr. in the movie. Did he? Sure. I don't yep. think he did. Yep. They had, they, I mean, it wasn't. You didn't see him face up against Ken Griffey Jr. They just had a montage. It, it was like and then they had a montage footage. of people striking I out. I remember that. Yeah. I remember the Ken Griffey Jr. getting struck out in Little Big League. They both. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, it's kind of like watching these movies with their with them interacting in the movie. Right. It's like uh, like little giants when our, on our football list. Right. Exactly. Uh, when when you know, John Madden rolls up. And, you know, just having sports cameos is really cool. Yeah, especially, uh, Space especially when you're. Uh, you talk about Space yeah, Jam, especially when you're a, a fun, you know, little impressionable kid. And oh yeah, look up to these players. Oh, and you get to see them do something else besides play football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, that was about the time Hank Jr.'s baseball games on the Super NES too. Oh yeah, yeah, that was one of the best games. Fun. And on the and on the Game Boy, my brother played that all the time. With uh, like Super King Griffey Jr. baseball or something like that. Yeah, I have um I have both. Emulated on the computer now that I have uh, nice. Super Nintendo controllers. It's oh, nice. pretty, pretty, pretty realistic. That's awesome. So that's number seven, right? Nope, that's number eight. eight. We're going to number seven now, which is Bull Durham. Yeah, same yes. right. Spell it wrong. Yeah, it's Bull Durham. It's, this is one of my more favorite movies of these. I, I love playing it with it. Kevin Costner obviously can't really act that well in this movie. I don't know what his deal he is. Doesn't act well in any movie. No, no. He's he's a method actor, and his method is playing himself. Yeah, pretty much. So it's it's a fun movie. It's about uh, these players crash uh, being the catcher who's been in the minor leagues for twelve years. Costner's character called up. And then uh, uh, Tim Robbins' character—I forget his name. Oh, I forget too. Yeah, but anyway, he's this this up-and-coming hotshot pitcher that's like basically going to get called up to the majors like any day now. Everybody—they're just waiting for the call. This and, takes place in Durham. It's a minor league team. Yep, it's a minor league team, and it's it's such a great little movie to tell you about you know kind of the up-and-coming of this minor league team and kind of how you get there and you know people who get called up, people who don't get called up. There's a lot of uh, great camaraderie with the players on the team. They're all just know best friends and, and playing the game and and then there's like this whole love triangle with Tim Robbins and Kevin Costner and Susan Sarandon uh, being thrown into the mix so you have that little dynamic to work off of and it's, it's really kind of a I mean it's a love story first I'd say but baseball movie second but they do, they do spend a lot of time you know on that field you know yeah the, the official trailer so this is the movie that I hadn't seen but we watched parts of it yeah while we were uh, putting the podcast together and the official trailer is what I watched first before I actually got into the meat of the movie. And it makes it look like a movie I would never want to see in my life. It looks horrible. It's, it's it looks ba- absolutely terrible. Baseball is like a tertiary story oh, at least. in this movie. Yeah. Because the f- initial story is the love triangle. The second story is the romance within the love story. Yeah. And then it gets down to baseball. And maybe not even baseball third. Might be, Baseball might even be fourth. Mm-hmm. But 
when you watch the movie, it does prioritize better. Yes, it you know, does. It, it prioritizes it to put baseball second. Yeah, we, we put, first. I put some seeds on for Ryan to show because he's like, "Why is that movie on the list?" And I'm like, "No, no, no!" So I had to find some seeds, showed him why, and it was great. You know, there was the scene where they all run up to the pitcher's mound together during this timeout, and they all just talk about random things. Like, my girlfriend, Chris, like, the, the issues that they're having, which yeah. is why they're not playing well. Exactly. And it's just it's so everybody's funny. superstitious. People are thinking about wedding gifts. Yeah. And, uh, eyelid something or other. Yeah. Like Kevin Costner calls the umpire a word that umpires don't you know like. Very yeah. Much. It's, just, it's really it's funny. And he gets ejected. So it's it's just a fun scene. It's a great movie, um, and, the, and the whole thing is just about you know Crash has been in Kevin Costner has been in that minor league team for such a long time that he knows deep down he's not going to get called up to the majors, and everybody kind of takes advantage of the part, you know the part where they're young and they don't have to work very hard. And Kevin's kind of like the, the 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 wise old man telling them, hey. You know, you got you know. Every day I'm out here, and I, 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 I'm thankful that I'm able to be out here. You guys need to be doing that too. You know, sort of things. He kind of mentors them a little bit. These younger kids, especially with Tim Robbins' character being so so young and so new into this uh, into this minor league system. So that's uh, that's number seven. Number six, Fever Pitch. Yeah, number six is a newer one. Fever Pitch. New, well, newer. It's Eleven years old now. Took place during the Red Sox yes, World Series Their first World Series victory, victory. Yeah. Well, not first. Which first is uh, who did the movie? It was the brothers that did uh, Dumb and Dumber. Uh, the Coen Brothers? Not the Coen Brothers. It wasn't the Bukowskis. No, it wasn't those guys either. Anyway, Fever Pitch stars Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore. Uh, Jimmy Fallon is a lifelong Red Sox fan uh, who, you know, obviously being a lifelong Red Sox fan at the time, he was used to disappointment. Right. And so they, he grows up, go ahead, gets season tickets every year. He thinks it's their year. Right. Uh, he doesn't have any big relationships that are of the, of the opposite gender because he is such a huge Red Sox fan and it's sometimes overbearing. Wow, 10 years ago. Yeah, it was 2005. He, uh, he ends up meeting Drew Barrymore's character in a funny little meet-cute at an office building or something. Right. And they end up starting to see each other and he has skeletons in his closet of just being a large Red Sox fan and he right. he says it. She, doesn't, she believes him but doesn't quite believe the extent of it. She doesn't understand... Yeah, the, the extent, the depth uh, that, that Jimmy goes to to be a fan, to be this fan, doesn't understand what it means and, to be a Boston Red Sox fan. So a lot of it, the movie deals with the dichotomy of their relationship, mm-hmm. and and more to the point, how opposite they are, but at the same time, they still enjoy each other's company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she starts to become a Red Sox fan. But because of him, really. Yeah, really. Because she loves doing things that they do together. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of things get in the way of the Red Sox because that is number one in his in his priority at the time. You know, they there's a trip that they have to go on and he can't go because the Red Sox are, you know, five games out of the playoffs and he can't miss those games because right. he thinks he has to be there. Right. Uh, he can't know the outcome of the game before seeing it. So even if he's out to dinner, he went out to dinner with his parents and he, somebody started talking about the game and he started having a freak out. Right, you're like, you can't tell me the score, I don't know the score yet, yeah. So he, he's a diehard fan, to to put it lightly. <laughs> and it's great because this is really about, yeah, there's a romance in there, but I don't think it's it's not as important. Like, it comes, it comes to be important later in the story, but at the first large portion of the movie is really just about being a baseball fan. Well, it's, it's, and that's why it's so high on this list. So the relationship is a big part of the movie. It's the relationship with it's the relationship between with, baseball. With, with with your significant other and with your first love, your your always love. The baseball is always gonna be there for you is kind of what's right. the mantra that's spoken at the beginning of the movie. Yep. They're, you know, they're people, never going anywhere. People every, come every and go, spring. but every spring through fall the, the Red Sox will be there for you. The Red Sox family that he has right. will always be there. And this is making me want to buy season tickets. I wish I had money for it. <laughs> I was going to. Uh, this was going to be the year, but it's just it's so hard. It's so oh, that'd, that'd be really tough to do. So, but it's a great movie. They actually changed the ending of the movie because the Red Sox went yeah. to the World Series and won. So they filmed it. They got permission from MLB to be on the field during the celebration of Game Four. Oh, the Farrelly Brothers. Okay, that's who it is. Okay, yeah. So they were just supposed to. It was supposed to be another uh, ho hum Red Sox lose story because they haven't it, won a World it, Series. It'd be the Red Sox hundred years. But his relationship thrives, right? And instead, they change it, which I think makes for a much better movie. They have to the change Reds, it because the Red Sox win well, because yeah. they filmed it at Wrigley Field during the World Series. That's Fenway, and Fenway. Excuse 
between Fenway, wow. Fenway and uh, then uh, the old Bush Stadium. Right. But yeah, they, they got permission from MLB to be there during Game Three and during all the World Series to yep. film different scenes here and there. And then they got to be on the field and actually, you know, be around the players like Johnny Damon right. and uh, uh, Manny, uh, Manny Ramirez. Manny was and there. They, yeah. they, you know, they Pedro uh, Martinez. You know, they they got permission to be on the field. So they filmed this new ending. That yes, they won the World Series and that's great. But you know, he becomes. It's still the same ending where it's you know he still loves being with the, the Drew Barrymore's character, mm-hmm. and I think it makes for a much better ending. I think that that ending more you know puts puts the period at the end of the movie mm-hmm. as they win, but yet he still has the girl, and he you know baseball can can become part of their life together. Right. So I I just I love the fan aspect of it because every spring it's like I'm I am Jimmy Fallon's character. I am ready. For Brewers baseball, I wish I wish I could get season tickets so I could open them up and smell them like oh, they did. And smell them and just roll around and in them, well, and then and then you get to auction it but off. That would be all your friends. That would be something that if we could get five people. Yeah, that'd be know, doable. We could do it. You'd get five. You'd buy two pairs of tickets. Yep. Next to each oh, other, get five people. That'd be fantastic. And then you can split up eighty games amongst five people. Maybe we can talk about it with Mikey when we go on the seventh. Yeah. And you know that's that's three right there. I know he'd probably chip in for a few tickets here. Could your one of your brothers, both uh, brothers as a collective? No, my, no, my older brother definitely wouldn't do it. My younger brother would, but his schedule's so sporadic because he coaches baseball. Yeah. All the time. So well, see, but that's why we would, we would have it ahead of time. That's true. That's true. So, so yeah, maybe, maybe I mean, to go to. yeah, that'd be oh, god. Even to go to 15, 20 baseball games. Yeah. If you split, uh, you know, if you split amongst four people, that's twenty games. Yeah. You split amongst five, it's like 12, 13 or something. Yeah. Fifteen games. Yeah. So be fantastic. games. So, so yeah, Fever Pitch, yeah. number six. Number six. Uh, number five. Another great kids movie that still stands the test of time, in my opinion, is The Sandlot. The Sandlot. This movie just seemed to get better as we got older and yeah. watched it. This is an, uh, There weren't too many baseball movies out when uh, I was a younger kid, and especially not when my younger brother was... The youngest. What do you mean? Sam Mott, Little Big League, and Ricky Deer came out. But three, I'm saying, like, three years in a row. There are all those, but now we got, you know, now we have uh, one, two, three, four, five movies came out, you know, that made the list. There was a lot. The there, there, there was three yeah. that came out. We have we have four movies that came out in the span of three years. Right. And then they stopped for about ten. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then they just stopped, yeah, they stopped making fun little kids' movies, which is which is really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But uh, The Sandlot, we, we probably watched that VHS over and over again. We would oh, go yeah. on these long car trips, and The Sandlot would always be a movie that we would bring. Yeah. Because my brother, Loves baseball and he loved the Sandlot. It still does. Yeah, I, I think it's a great movie. It's one that my parents will still watch because it's one of their favorite baseball movies. Oh yeah, that's it's a great just, movie. It's always on TV. You kid, just sit and watch it. Kid moves the town, has, knows nobody. His father's Dennis Leary. If that if that matters, stepfather. Stepfather's Dennis Leary. Uh, he's a huge baseball fan, but this kid never he played baseball. Really in his know life. much about baseball? Yeah, he sees these kids playing in this uh, Sandlot. His father. Kind of, that's the name of the movie. Oh, roll credits. Yeah. Uh, his father tells him. Or his stepfather goes and tells him to go play. Go go. You know, basically go out and experience it. Right. Uh, it doesn't you know he, he doesn't have a glove doesn't have a hat so he gets this old fishing large build oh, hat. I love that hat so much. I wanted it's to find so funny. I wanted to find a like a real baseball hat that had a bill that long just to have <laughs> it. Uh, but you know he, slowly it's just again it's another good movie about becoming accepted into a group of, of friends. Yeah. But he you know in his journey he becomes more knowledgeable about baseball and he tries to fit in you know by by stealing his father's his stepfather's I'm going to call him his father fuck it <laughs> his father's uh, Babe Ruth baseball it's not by some girl I don't know baby. Baby Ruth, Ruth. Yeah, whoever that the, is. The Colossus of Clout. The great... You know, the great... Oh my gosh, you mean that's the same guy? Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh man, that movie's so great. The S'mores line is and classic. The, the, the kids the kids do such a fantastic job in this movie. You're killing me, Smalls. Oh, you want some more? So great. S'more what? Yeah, how can I have some more of something when I haven't had anything? You're killing me, Smalls. And then uh, with, with the dog, the beast, the beast, on the other on the other Darth side Vader of the fence. The oh man, it's just it's such a great movie. He was and an old baseball player, I think, too. Yeah, yep. James Earl Jones, Jones, Jones character used to play against Babe Ruth oh, during that back. time, and it's just it was such a fantastic uh, movie. Uh, it's definitely one of my favorites on here. Yeah, it's 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 tough to kind of elaborate on it because it, it's just kind of a, it's a coming of age story, mm-hmm. but it's baseball themed coming of age. Right. Like the the end of the movie in true '80s and '90s kids movies fashion they have the the outro and they tell what each person is doing now with their life and that was really cool it, yeah it was really cool like uh the main character smalls becomes a sportscaster yeah for a, a for play-by-play announcer for the dodgers and that's where uh, benny the jet 
ends up playing it was for the Dodgers and you know the pitcher on the team De Nunez he only played triple A ball you know so you know but they, he still you know, got he still got to but the, he still to got the, you know, to do what he does yeah and then uh, and you know they tells all about these people they own a car wash and the these guy, people the, do this the guy who married Wendy Peppercorn Peppercorn they have what 12 kids 12, or 8 yeah, kids yeah. something like that so it, it was really fun to to see you know all the kids grow up and they, they kind of try and uh, you know their future has something to do with what they did in the past mm-hmm. you know kind of thing so it was great to see, and, and you know, we could talk about this forever, but unfortunately, yeah. I don't have the time. Let's go to let's go to number four because it's also a James Earl Jones movie. Yeah, number four is Field of Dreams and the Return of Kevin Costner and the Return of Kevin Costner and the last uh, uh, Kevin Costner movie yeah. on this list. Right. He could have. We could have had a three-peat of Kevin Costner on this list, but uh, we we took off four levels of the game, yes. even though that was a really good movie too. And if, we could, and if I would have known my persons, you know, I thought rookie. Yeah. I thought uh, rookie was him, but it's Dennis Quaid. But whatever. Anyway, so Field of Dreams is this is one of the classic baseball movies. This is the one where, uh, growing up, this is the baseball movie that everybody should watch. Oh yeah. You know, it really introduces you to these old-time players, and and, and Ray Liotta has a fantastic performance as Shoeless Joe Jackson. Yes. And, and Kevin Costner is this farm owner, and, and he hears this voice saying, if you build it, they will come. And it's like, what? So he finally figures out that he has to build a baseball field, and he doesn't know what's going to happen. And all of a sudden he builds it, and all these ah. old-timey players... What? Timothy Buffield's in this movie. Oh yeah, he plays the the the, the uncle, the, the brother-in-law. Yeah, the yeah yeah, he does. You're right. That's weird. Look yeah, at look so two two Timothy Busfields. All right, that's great. So yeah, he he builds this field, and then he people start coming to play baseball on it. Yeah, but old timey players that nobody can see. Yeah, he can see them in his head. Right. Um, like another one of those weird, you know, uh, movies. Until one of the kids walks up, one of the players walks off. And well, he becomes to save to save the little girl, and then all of a sudden everybody can see the that's players. The way into the movie, though, you're you're, okay. you're you're skipping the middle where it's you know uh, he does if you build it they will come go the distance right. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, there's one more. Go the distance is where he goes to find this old baseball moonlight Graham moonlight Graham yeah. uh, and he can see the players too. Yeah, James L. Jones can see the players right exactly. Uh, and he goes he eventually goes into the cornfield and supposedly dies. Well, he or goes to like baseball, but, or he's already dead, or something. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a really weird. Uh, I mean, it's a really great movie, but it has yeah. a lot of weird supernatural uh, yeah. things in it. Yes. Um, yes, it does. So, but it's, it's it is a great, it is a classic. That's why it's over four is on here because it is. It's a, a classic. classic. It's a movie. fantastic movie. And Kevin Costner does a better job of acting, I feel, in this movie than he did in Bull Durham. Well, yeah, he got it. I mean, Bull Durham's also three years older. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, bumper to bumper and Brewers traffic now. That's all right. The scene is literally right <laughs> I know, there. I know. We're just we're just around the corner from Miller Park. We're so close. All right, uh, number three. Number three. Which, a League of Their Own. The League of Their Own would be my number one. It's the I've only decided. ladies. What? I think it would be my number one. Wow. For, as far as rewatchability and everything in uh, it, no way. It's so good. No way. Number one's way better than League of Their yeah. Own. League of Their Own is is a great movie. It has it has wonderful repeatable lines. Tom Hanks is just fantastic. It's a, it's a historical. Gina Davis. Hold on. Hold on. on. Okay. It's a historical fiction movie yes, it is. based around World War II mm-hmm. when all the men had to go off to war because they were drafted. So they started the women's uh, league for mm-hmm. baseball. Women's women's Major League Baseball, right. basically. And it lasted for, what, 10 years, 15 years? There were teams all over the Midwest here. I mean, it's, right. it, it means more to us, I believe, because it is... That's where the, that's where the, the league was. Yeah. Is it was, you know, there was a team in Racine and Kenosha and Rockford right. and, and Des Moines, I think, had a team. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, this this focuses on the, the team is the Rockford Peaches. Right. Uh, and, and the team is full of uh, A-listers like Gina Davis, Rosie O'Donnell, and Madonna. Madonna. And, and a bunch of other, you know, people who have become more famous. But Tom Hanks steals the movie. Yes, he does. As, uh, he's, he's a so washed-up baseball player who can't get drafted because he's got terrible knees. Yep. Uh, so he coaches and he drinks he drinks heavily he ends up he ends up I guess is it for like he ends up kicking the habit though he doesn't drink anymore he does but doesn't he end up coaching because it's like public it's the only thing that he he can do to make money and to avoid going to do something isn't yeah, it he had, yeah he had to do something he had like have to go to jail or something but then yeah. they pulled strings for his whatever I don't know I don't remember exactly but it has great lines or there's no there's no crying in baseball it's just it's the classic it's the one that just stands out and, and, and it's there's no just, crying he's crying he's sir cr- are you crying there's no crying in baseball and he just he's just this, this manager with such a horrible temper and it's so funny it when the way Gina Davis kind of tries to get him to calm down and oh it's it's so fantastic it has such good character development yes it does yes like, it does each character in that movie 
each of the main characters, I mean, there are ancillary characters, but each of the main characters actually grows through the movie and you see them grow. Mm -hmm. You you know, you see Tom Hanks becoming a better manager and a better person to these women, you know, more of a role model. Right. You you see Gina Davis, you know, realizing that baseball is not everything Mm -hmm. in, in the world and... And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a really good movie. And like I said, it's my number one as far as watchability. If it's on TV, I will sit and watch it. I will put away what I'm doing, and I will sit and watch it. I don't care what part of the movie it's in, I will watch it. If it's like the very end of the movie, I will pull my Blu-ray out and put it in to watch it. <laughs> yeah. So. It, it's, it's just just a great, just a great movie. And and uh, it's one of those ones, again, where, yeah, it's it's on many a time. You know, spring afternoon, and you want to watch, there's no baseball on it. You've got to watch a, a little league of their own, which is... Which is the only girl baseball movie on here? It's the only girl baseball movie I think ever made. <laughs> I know. Um, number two. Number two is number two a new movie. is the Moneyball. Not the Moneyball. I know. Well, that's just how I felt. Moneyball. Moneyballs. Moneyball with uh, Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill and Brad Pitt and who just died? Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes. He plays plays, uh, plays Art Howe. Not Art Howe. <laughs> plays the manager. Of manager Howe. Not Gordy Howe. Not Gordy Howe. Art Howe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I was getting Gordy Howe and Art Howe mixed up. Anyway, Gordy Howe's Miss Crabapple's love is, interest. Yeah, Crabapple. Mrs. Crabapple, are you are you asking me out? You, <laughs> you don't talk to a lot of women, do you? You, you asking me on a date? You asking me on a date? Oh, Martin Sheen. Yeah. Anyway, so Moneyball's a true story. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a weird movie. I mean, the premise is weird. Because well, it's based the, on a book. The book is nonfiction, completely nonfiction. Yep. It's written about, uh, but Billy being the the man, the owner mm-hmm. of the another owner, general manager of the Oakland A's. Yep. Uh, got together with a bunch of people. I mean, he gets credit for it, but it was a, it was a collective of everything. Right. Um, the Oakland A's are a small market baseball team, and they've been stuck in mediocrity for a long time. A long time. And. He hires these mathematicians-ish and some other statisticians to look at different types of stats. Mm-hmm. They call them sabermetrics now, but they're not looking necessarily for the standard, like the six-tool, the six-tool player, or, you know, all those kinds of things. They're not looking directly at how at how they look while they're playing or their stats like batting averages and home runs. They're they look for at how often do they get on base. They that, look for that's the big thing, more more tangible things. Like right. like he may he may only bat if for baseball terms. I'm not going to explain it. He may bat only 250, 260, mm-hmm. but if his on-base percentage is 300, he's worth it to them. That means he gets on base three out of ten times. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's a hit or not. A walk is still a getting walk on is still base. Good, yeah. So it, it takes this this new approach to baseball, which was so great to learn about. And I love this movie. The, the instant I saw it, it just it just pulls you in. Mm-hmm. Because again, being a big baseball fan that I am, I think that's that's one of the reasons why. Because hey, another baseball movie. Yeah. But they did such a great job because you know, I didn't have. I feel I mean, I'm such a such a huge jerky baseball fan. I, I never actually got around to reading the book. I read the book. I have it on. Uh, I have it on my Nook. I should. Uh, you should just get a free Nook account, and I can loan it to you. Ooh, neat. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a really good movie. Uh, I was surprised at how uh, how much like Billy Bean Brad Pitt did not look like. <laughs> not even close. Yeah. <laughs> not even close. Uh, and Jonah Hill doesn't look anything like the, the guy he was supposed to be. Right. Uh, it was a very Hollywoodized version of this movie, but it was just but really neat to see, kind of see a nonfiction storytelling of. Oh, we're going preferred. I guess. Yeah. Oh well. That's right. I'll, I'll be okay. Okay. Um, I'm doing preferred for the other two games we're going to, so might as well. Yeah. All right. Because that's all I'll buy online. That's all they can give you online. Oh, they don't give you general online. Not if you buy ahead of time. They give you. Well, they give you a discount. Oh. Well, there you go. Anyway. <laughs> um. Anyway, I lost what I was talking about. Oh, Moneyball. Yeah. Um. It's basically kind of a. It's a double story. It's the story of. It's the story of baseball uh, for Oakland, but it's also a story of Billy Bean's life and his, uh, it, and kind of his. He was he was gonna get fired, right? If he didn't if he didn't turn the team around, he he had been only GM for a little. He was a he was a baseball player. He was First. a prospect, a huge right. prospect, and he got hurt and injured, and no longer could play. So he ends up getting into the front office. But he was that that typical five tool player. I called the six tool earlier. He was a five tool player, right? And those were the things that people looked for, and, and they kind of referenced that a lot. There, he was gonna be the best player in the in the league forever. How do you, how do you park here? That's uh, handicapped. Oh, we are not those things. You're not sad. Anyway. So sorry, I keep I keep really that's just fine. ruining no, here. That's fine. No money. It, it's it, like I said. It, this is a really. It's a great movie as far as the story it tells, the presentation that it brings. Uh, it, it's, it's probably the most Hollywood movie on this list, and by that mm-hmm. I mean the one that was nominated for the most Academy Awards for all the different categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. It is one of those that is very well made, very well presented. Mm-hmm. 
uh, it tells a it tells a story that you don't have to be a baseball fan to care about. No, and I mean it has my favorite actress in it of all time. Yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, it has my favorite actress of all time. Robin Wright plays the ex-wife. Why? She wants to be my favorite actress of all time. Yeah, she's Buttercup in The Princess Bride. Oh, I just she's, I didn't a, know. she's also in House of Cards, okay. and she right. she's very 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 versatile. Good. Yeah, and she was married to Sean Penn, and they got divorced. That makes her free to me. All right, there you go. Go for it. You hear that, Robin Wright? Listen to this podcast. <laughs> That's right. Ryan is available. I have loved you since Buttercup. Um, and then Aaron Sorkin wrote the screenplay, and he's my favorite. Uh, one of my favorites. I think he probably is my favorite screenwriter. Sure. Um, so it was just a very good story. To, and that's it was probably, very well that's probably why I liked the movie as mm-hmm. much is because Aaron Sorkin did write it. Yeah. You know, I, I have a bias towards him. Like, Social Network is, no, is a great movie, but that movie's more made because of the dialogue and the way that it, that he presents it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Charlie Wilson's War. I'm, I'm getting on fair on Aaron Sorkin now. We can do Aaron Sorkin's favorite works because be they're great. all good. Yeah, that'd be great. He doesn't, have 12, he doesn't have 12 movies, but he does have 12 things he's done. Yes. Yeah, we could do that. Put that on our list. That'd be fun. So, uh, do you have anything to add about Moneyball? Moneyball, um, Moneyball. Besides being Chris Pratt, you know, one of his uh, one of his big roles that kind of helped oh, him yeah. get to be where he was today. He played Scott Hatterberg. Yeah, and he wasn't pudgy. No, no. He, he wasn't. I mean, he. Yeah, that, that was a bit. That would have been. I mean, it been, this would have also been pre. Uh, Obviously, pre Guardians, right? Right in the midst of was he in Parks right away, or did he was he a late addition to Parks? He was, he was in Parks from day one. So this this was right in the midst of Parks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's he does he does a very good job. Yeah, yeah, it was great, and I liked uh, you know like that you know Dave Justice was in, in the movie. Um, but it was, you know, it was played by somebody else mm-hmm. and they, you know, they had, and this is, this is, I was sad because this is the team that Frank Thomas was on mm-hmm. when he was in Oakland, but unfortunately they didn't show him. I really want to see cause I was a big Frank Thomas fan. But I think the day. year that they did was not Frank's year. I think, I think it was. I don't think it was. I think this was the year before Frankie came in because this was the year that they won the 19 in a row. Frankie okay. wasn't on that team. I don't think. Okay. I'll have to check now. So while you do that, um, I'm going to recap the sure. list. Sure. Um, number 12 is bench warmers. Number 11 is Angels in the Outfield. Number 10 is Basketball. Number 9 is Rookie of the Year. Number 8 is Little Big League. Number 7 is Dull Durham, or Bull Durham, if you could spell it right. I didn't spell it right. Number 6 is Fever Pitch. Number 5 is The Sandlot. Number 4 is Field of Screams, or Dreams. <laughs> Number 3 is A League of Their Own, A League with Hermone. Number 2 is Moneyball, Money Shot. And number 1... Which we haven't done yet. I was about to just say what number one was without even doing it. Um, this one hits home to us. Yes. Uh, for multiple reasons. Many reasons. One, Bob Uecker's in it. He was in the A's in 2008 and 2006. This movie took place in 2004, 2005, right when Sabermetric started, I think. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was pretty early. You can look it up. I'll look figure it up. It um, maybe it's 2007, the year in between, too. <laughs> um, so... Bob Uecker's in this movie, uh, playing an announcer, of course, but Bob Uecker is a very good actor. He was in Mr. Belvedere, and he was doing a bunch of stuff uh, after the, after he retired from baseball. Uh, number two, it was filmed right in Milwaukee. Uh, County Stadium was redesigned for this movie. Uh, we're talking about Major League. Well, this was like for the 2002. Okay, so I was even it was earlier than I thought. Yeah, yeah. so this is 2002, and, yeah, in Moneyball. And, and then the interesting note was the, the same uh, method that um, Billy Bean used in Oakland. They adopted in Boston, and then 2004, Boston won the World Series. Yep. It's yeah, everybody uses it now. It's pretty. It's pretty yeah. much how you how you scout now. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nobody has money anymore to spend on the lavish amount of play. I mean, they do. They just don't spend it anymore mm-hmm. because why should you? Anyway, we're gonna go back to back to this movie. Yeah, League of Their Own. No, no. not League of Their Own. <laughs> we're, we're on number one. Major don't say League. It. No, I, I oh no, I ruined it. Spoiled it. it. I didn't say it yet. Sorry, I was reading. It's all right. I think maybe I can cut that. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Um, anyway, so yeah, this movie, Major League, oh, what it was so said, uh, both Major League 1 and 2 were filmed right here in the heart of Milwaukee. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, in the parking lot where we're going to be uh, parking soon. That old, uh, oh, they have AJ Bombers tents here? Yeah, they, I think they, they had those last year. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, it was filmed at County Stadium. Uh, the whole movie, any, any baseball scene that, that was in the movie was filmed at County Stadium. Mm-hmm. Dugout. Uh locker room, uh, press box. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was all filmed at County Stadium. And that on itself obviously is not enough to make it a number one movie. No. But the movie itself is just too funny to not have on the list. I don't... Me personally, <laughs> so like good. I said, I, I had already advocated for League being number one, but 
Major League can make a good argument on its own. It takes place around the Cleveland Indians, and we all know Cleveland is perpetually terrible mm-hmm. at all sports. <laughs> um, I think they're at a. I think they're on a championship drought of sixty-four years in all sports. But uh, it stars Charlie Sheen in one of his first roles, not his first, but one of his first roles, mm-hmm. uh, starring roles. Uh, Tom Berenger. Tom Berenger is in it. Corbin, Corbin Burnson is in it. Wesley Snipes. Yes, Wesley Snipes is in it. Lou Brown. Rene Russo. Rene Russo was the love interest. Uh, it, it's just it's and of course Bob Uker playing Harry Doyle. Bob Uker. Oh no, <laughs> car started talking to me. All right, um, but it's, it's oh, and then yeah, Pete Vukovic was in there as well. He's an Pete old Vukovic. brewer. He's an old brewer. So, so this team, the the Indians, is owned by a really shitty owner, which I think is supposed to be a stab at Marge Schatz, the owner of the of the Reds. Neil Flynn was in it. Yeah, nice. he was a fan. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so was Randy Quaid. Yeah. Just can't get away from the Quaids, can we? We had to have a Quaid on this list. What? I don't think he was... I think he was in two. No, he was in both. He was the fan in both, because he's like, this is the year, fellas! He may not have been credited, but he was in the movie. I know he was, for fact. I gotta look it up. Um, but, so this team's bad, owned by a female owner who's terrible. Um, and I think it's a, I think it's a stab at the Marge Shot, who was the owner of the Reds, I think, at the time. Mm. And she was just an awful owner. Uh, but... The team's doing terrible, and she loves it because she's keeping the money. Uh, she she guts the team. Uh, I, th- I think eventually she sells the team. Or she wants to sell. She the wants team. to sell the team, and she can't. Uh, and the team starts doing better. Uh, I think more and more in point to spite her. Mm-hmm. I, I'm more familiar with number two. That was the one that I watched forever. See, yeah, he, he was not in the. Uh, uh, he was not in the first. He one. had to have been. He's not. Uh, just because he's they not credited, added, they added mean... him in the second one. No, because he was he was not credited in the second one. I'm looking at his IMDb. He was not credited in the second uh, uh, major league movie. See Johnny uncredited, <sighs> and there's no major league one. Uh, I'll have to double check. That. Anyway, that's I not the point. tell you, I know what you're saying. I'm just we got to finish the podcast. Okay, back on track. Back on track. Oh, he was in Days of Thunder. Gross. Uh, so you you explain major league one. I can explain major league two like the back of my hand. Ooh, that's new. <laughs> funny go major league one so major league one is uh i did the beginning yeah with the team and they wanted to be sold so uh, uh they find out the the manager finds out that the team is going to be sold if they can't put together a winning season because she can't sell the team if if they're doing well you know it wouldn't make sense to sell mm-hmm. so they say fine so they 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 kind of come together in that way where they want to um you know be you know, this winning team, they don't want to be sold. They, you know, this is their last chance. You know, they kind of really put together this right tape bunch of group. You know, uh, uh, um, uh, J- Charlie Sheen's character is from, like, the California Penal League. You know, league. He just got out of prison. Wild thing. Nobody knows who Wesley Snipes is. He literally runs onto the field uh, during Willie tryouts. Willie Mays Hayes. Willie, Willie Mays Hayes. Yeah, Willie Hayes. Yeah, but he, 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 he his name really was, like, Willie Mays Hayes. So he was really fast, yeah. So... And Tom Berger's character is the is like the old catcher. veteran catcher, which might be his last year as mm-hmm. you know as a player. And Corbin Birdson's just winding down his career, you know, as a baseball player. And so it, it, you have different pl- you have players on the team who have been uh, 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 around for a long time or a short time. And so it's a real interesting mix of veterans and rookies and and you know uh, fresh faces in the ball club. And and they come together uh, throughout the movie to. You know, avenge their their I guess being sold like, against them being sold to to the owner because she doesn't think that they're you know worth anything. She just wants the money and to go live in you know Bermuda or wherever wherever the hell it was. So, um, spoiler alert: they you know they win the whole damn thing. They don't. Or the pennant, or they whatever. Win the pennant. Yeah, they win. They, they get first place. They win the pennant. So, which is enough to keep them in Cleveland. And a uh, uh, little minor love story between Rene Russo and uh, Tom Berger's character in the movie, which is really not even worth discussing. So, but it's, it's really it's, it's really just about the baseball. They had is. old baseball players on there helping these actors try and be. Um, that guy mm-hmm. has my hat. Do you have cash on you? Yeah, I, have I don't have cash on me. I'll get you your beer inside. Yay! We're gonna do some little bartering, haggling here. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, so this movie's full of one-liners. Yes, it Great is. Great one-liners. All, all, yeah, one-liners. all Bob Euchre one-liners. And it's all Bob Euchre. I know. I know. And his whole Just life. a bit outside. Ball four. Ball, Ball eight. Four. Ball eight. I don't know how guys can keep laying off pitches these good. Thank you. So, yeah, I mean, it's just Bob. Bob Euchre just makes, like, whenever there's a dull moment, Euchre just, Euchre jumps right in, and they input his voice into saying something just fantastic, and it works so well. With pitches these close, how can they lay off? Yeah, it's so good. He's perpetually drunk, and his... In classic Bob Euchre fashion. His color commentator is a mute because they won't let him... Ah, we didn't talk about the color commentator Angel of the Outfield, who was dead set that he hated the angels. I said Ranch Wilder, but yeah. Yeah, we didn't get into why he was the way he was. Yeah, and so he gets out, and then like the, the new guy comes in, who's like, I love the angels. Right. So anyway, but yeah, I think Doyle, more than anything, makes this movie that much better. Yes. It's Bob Euchre, and again, it's not just Bob Euchre. We get spoiled. We hear Bob Euchre every day. Yes, we do. We've been hearing Bob Euchre every day. I've been hearing Bob Euchre every day for... As long as I've been listening to baseball on the radio, so probably 20 years. Right. 21 years. Um, there's a lot of people who don't understand how good Bob Euchre is. Right. Until they listen to a game, whether, whether they're in Milwaukee or if they catch the feed somehow. And that's what's great about the internet now is you can you can have, you can subscribe to a, a, a you can subscribe to a, Major League uh, Baseball. A, a, a service like MLB TV. Right. And if you're out of area, you can watch and listen to the local telecasts of your favorite team. And uh, even if you live in area with, with some uh, wills and, and, and some maneuvering, you can do it too. Mm-hmm. Which Brian and I did last year. We're going to do it again this year. We're going to buy the package because it's like 20, I mean, around Father's Day, they do a super massive sale and we split the cost and it's like 20 bucks oh, so for, for 100 games. Yeah. Can't go wrong. No. Um, and it's just a really. You know, good service to have in our area because we don't have cable. But <laughs> that's a little, little, little off track. It's just more. You need to experience Bob Euchre. Yes, he, he is. Much so. He's in. He should be a national treasure. He, he is. He is. He is the voice of the Brewster song. He's like Vin Scully, mm-hmm. but what Vin Scully has as far as good, Vin Scully is very good at just the announcing of the game. Bob Euchre is just he's got so many stories mm-hmm. he has so many things to say he's got jokes and dry humor and ra- his personality it's, is it's so a, different from scully it's and i think that's why it works it's infectious so well. yes it's, it's yes. fun you, you you hear it in his voice that he loves to be at the ballpark right there there are times where if i'm watching it on tv uh, i mean and, and we we have we've had great play-by-play guys on tv mm-hmm. we've 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 spawned matt Vaskersians, who's darren on mlb sutton. network and darren sutton's and he wasn't on tv was he, I thought darren yes, he was. was no darren oh yeah darren, was on TV. And, yeah darren and matt had very similar voices sure and we have brian anderson which mm-hmm. everybody knows now from national games and march madness and he's right. a great a great announcer right we get spoiled here in in milwaukee with really good announcers and they're not i mean our you, farm system for announcers is just fantastic Euchre, if, we, if there is a farm system <laughs> euchre is the most homer guy you're going to listen to on our radio and, yeah. and, 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 and tv airways and he's not that much of a homer he just has lots of stories about milwaukee because he's lived his whole life here he's just, almost he, he does it he, he he's not really one-sided he's rooting for the brewers but you know hey he just enjoys baseball he does and brian anderson is the consummate play-by-play guy and mm-hmm. he, that's why he's doing all the national games he's done cardinal games in the playoffs and you yeah. could never tell that he was a brewer guy mm-hmm. because he's so down the line and that's mm-hmm. great and that's that's what that's you yeah. You know, so we, we have a really good system, and I'm glad that Major League was a chance for other people to hear Bob Uecker, right? who had not heard it To kind of fall in love with him, you yeah. know, different generation. And everybody can, you, you can you watch that movie, introduce it to a different generation. I mean, it's still huge. They, they have, at Miller Park, they have Major League Night, where mm-hmm. they try and bring back, you know, Euchre and Tom Berenger, Corbin Burnson, you know, yeah. uh, was here the uh, last year. And my brother got a ball signed by him for, for, for me, because I thought that would be really That's cool awesome. to have him. Yeah. Did he sign, I forget, did he sign his he's, character? He's, he, signed, he signed Corbin Burnson, and then Roger Dorn, number 24, and then his line, which is, you know, strike this yeah. motherfucker out yeah. from from the movie, which is which is just so fantastic. So it was it was a hello, hello, park. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was a great movie. It was a, a fantastic uh, uh, ride, so to speak, to watch from from first to or from last to first. So, Thank you. Just paying for tickets right now. It's a little little commotion. Oh yeah, I was People getting I was getting, our, I was getting our parking. Woo. Yeah, now we're now we're here. Yeah. All right. So so that's it um, for for number one. I think. Yeah, I. I I'm more of a fan of Major League Two. But I grew up with that one, but it's still I mean, Major League One is by far the better uh, movie. I think leaps I, and bounds. But I think that it's more fun to see the demise of Harry Doyle than it is to see the rise of Harry Doyle. Because <laughs> you know he starts off on a high note uh-huh. and he gradually gets back into his heavy drinking and, right. and hating the game. And I mean that's that's what I find extremely funny. 
It's alcoholism. Well, not necessarily that, but just watching <laughs> watching the character kind of revert, you know, thinking that everything was great. And right. Corbin Burnson in the in the front office for a little bit. You know, Roger Dorn, who bought the team. Right. And he had to sell it back because he didn't have enough money. And, you know, just, just watching how the stadium just... It, it's fun to see that's kind of an analogy of what stadiums are now because it was a very clean stadium, but then they needed money. Right. So then they decide to... Uh, Advertise the hell out of everything, right? And it, I mean, it's they're both great movies, but yeah, Major League, Major League Two. Watch the first one, of course, first if you have the option to. Uh, MLB Network seems to play baseball movies all the time now when there's nothing else on. Good, they they need to. Off se- off season is where I saw a League of Their Own three times on MLB Network. It was <laughs> nice. awesome. It's awesome. Um, so yeah, that's our uh, that's our list. That's oh, our list. I'm going to show vault vault. Uh, the vault pick. We can we're going to get two this week because we always think of one and then we think of another one. The Futurama I one. That, Blurns um, ball. No, yeah, Leela of her own. Yeah, which is uh, the League of Her Own, uh, but it has a cameo from Hank Aaron and, and Bob Uecker. Bob Uecker's in it. Yeah. Um, and then Homer at the Plate, season three. Ah, yes, very good. Of uh, and that has all the baseball player cameos. It's basically, in our it. two favorite animated shows that have baseball episodes, and they're both amazing. Yeah, and I mean, and even like the South Park baseball episode where it's, they don't want to play oh, Little God, League anymore. Oh, God, you're right! That's a that great one, too. That was fantastic, too, where they just can't stand it because it's so boring. <laughs> yeah, we don't, they don't want to play baseball anymore. Yeah, they're all... it's, it's fantastic. It really is, so uh, check out those three. They're all on Netflix, with the exception of The Simpsons, but that's on FXX now, or The Simpsons Online. Yeah. So, so I think that's it for this. I'm going to turn it, it off. Yeah. We're going to go into the game. We're going to go into the game. Yes. Yeah, go Brewers. I'm Brian. I'm Ryan. Thanks for listening, guys. Go baseball. <laughs> This has been another episode of Sweet 12 from Brian Bourne and Ryan Goble. The preceding podcast was written and produced by Brian Bourne and Ryan Goble. Intro and outro music provided by Lost in a Name. All of the copyrights to the respective authors. You can find us on Twitter at Sweet 12 and on Facebook at Sweet 12 Podcast. Download this and previous episodes on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for listening.